Hello and welcome to a new episode of the BIM Voice podcast. Today we have with us the Managing Director at Building Smart Norway. Welcome Alexander Brage Hansen. Thank you. It's nice to have you here. Oh, it's nice to be here. Um, so I'm, I'm uh, looking forward to speaking with you and, and hopefully I can put some light on uh, our view on, of things within OpenBIM and, and the work we are doing in Building Smart. Awesome. Let's just start by introducing yourself then. Well, uh, most people call me Brage, um, and I am uh, then, as you said, uh, the general manager of, of Building Smart Norway. I have been working here since uh, since the first of March. So, um, uh, and the first thing that actually happened then was the COVID nineteen situation. So, uh, ever since I. I <laughs> I started working with Building Smart. I've been in my home office, so it's been a challenging start. And also, we had some problems uh, doing the general assembly, so we haven't gotten to to electing a new board until I think last week. We got the new board, or it will be four weeks ago when when this uh, is published, this podcast. So that has also been challenging, being kind of in between boards. Uh, but now, luckily, we have a new board. I will be having a meeting with them shortly. Uh, and we are ready to go uh, from autumn. So uh, a bit about my background. I'm a, I'm a constructional or I'm civil and environmental engineer uh, from uh, the Norwegian uh, University of Technology and Science and uh, mainly within structural engineering. So, uh, and I have been working for um, construction material suppliers for... Um, construction material producers for, for soft, a software company, contractor. Um, and also I was with GS1 for a period, which was also a, a not-for-profit organization working with standards. So I have kind of a broad experience from the construction industry. Um, mainly uh, the first years working with marketing and sales, and then the last 10 years, I think, with uh, digital transformation and, and uh, digital strategy. That's what yeah. I was, uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. And now I am with Building Smart, which I think is very exciting. Um, being able to work with a whole industry and seeing how we can um, change the industry into using more open standards and, and taking the fully benefit of, uh, of the BIM um, and open BIM. Yeah. And yeah, we'll move closer. Yeah, implement uh, quicker as well. Digitalization, maybe. Adopt. Absolutely, and using open standards. And we see. I think. I, I. I mean, a lot of the industry is quite developed when it comes to using um, open BIM or or just BIM in general. I think that Norway is uh, one of the most developed countries uh, worldwide when it comes to using BIM. And we are using, I mean, 3D, we have the next step 4D, and we are starting to use 5D, which is kind of when you put the costs into the model. Um, but still, we see a lot of the industry is, is not uh, on board because I think the construction industry is very fragmented. So we have all from the, from the very large um, uh, contractors with several thousand people employed, having a, um, an income of several billion Norwegian kroners. Uh, and then we have the smaller companies, which is this one person like yourself, uh, like a small contract, could be a small contractor uh, or maybe just two or three people employed. 
So, uh, and, Clara, and I think for, for those people, they find it harder or maybe they're not interested in, in, in doing the whole digital transformation because they don't see the need for it. I think they are kind of uh, doing maybe um, rehabilitating jobs or, or just uh, doing smaller jobs in, in their hometown or in that area. Uh, and they are happy with how things are, are, are working out. I understand. Um, what is your definition of BIM? Well, except for building information modeling, of course, yes, of or course. building information <laughs> <laughs> management. I think uh, for me, BIM is about uh, cooperation, about uh, better uh, involvement throughout the supply chain. So you will have uh, less errors, uh, more efficiency, hopefully, due to the fact that everyone has, or everyone should have updated information uh, in real time, which I mean, we're not there yet, but, but that's, I mean, I think that's the goal we are working towards. So I would say for me, um, well, you could say it's digitalization, but then again, digitalization is just a tool to, to, to reach some kind of goal. Um, so I think for me, BIM is about collaboration, um yeah 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 that's very well said uh collaboration it's uh one or the most important uh, cornerstone yeah. in beam and uh yeah uh, honesty is also something that uh, must come together with uh with uh, collaboration because uh yeah it's uh that's the challenge actually uh to break the silos right uh, we try to yeah. break the silos and collaborate instead of just working on ourselves, not sharing the information and something Definitely. vital. Mm. I, feel, I feel that there's a lot of good initiatives going on when it comes to digitalization, but it is like, it's silos, as you are saying. I mean, there's a lot of things going across the supply chain, but quite many of the initiatives are, are in a silo. So it's... Um, I mean, the contractor union, they have, their, they have their view on digitalization and you have then the RIF. So we have EBA, which is then the contractors. You have RIF, which are the engineers. You have Byggivar Industrien, which is the construction products producers. You have Vike, which is the production producers. No, sorry, the, the construction products retailers and you have all this organization and they kind of have their view on how, how things sh should be which are quite quite good i think uh very good for them uh the problem is that it doesn't always work when you are working across across the supply chain which i mean that's what we are basically doing in the construction industry most of the time you don't have these big companies who are are can manage everything themselves at least not in norway um, so you need to, to collaborate, you need to, to work together with other companies, and then uh, you need to, to look at digitalization across the, across the supply chain. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. Uh, the, um, I think it's too little focus on, uh, on the purpose of the building or of the project, and mostly like we as designers or contractors or uh, retailers, uh, material retailers, focus only on their part they don't think uh, very few or if they think about what why would that person how would that person will use this building when it's done and 
uh, how yeah. do you manage to do that best? Uh, you cannot do it only thinking from your perspective. You need the, you need the contractor's perspective, you need the engineers, and you need the client, the, the client yeah. that is going to use. How much the client is involved in the process today, I think is too little. I might be wrong, of course, but I yeah. think the clients are, uh, are involved too little from, yeah. Yeah, for different reasons. Could also be. I was just thinking that uh, a lot of the times, at least in the in the in the, the private industry, the clients might not be the ones who will be managing the yeah uh, drive the operations and manage the building the project. Yes. So then the the client might just be interested in in you know building have, having the the building constructed, um, and then he will sell it or she will sell it. If the clients were to to also manage the building, they would be make sure that whatever information they need in the end is is in the model. So okay, so they just yeah. want to have the project done so they can just uh, get rid of it. But uh, so, but yeah, this is valid for mostly for private uh, customers owners, yeah. right? Because uh, like uh, if we take. Uh, roads administration or buildings administration or railroads administrations they must uh, maintain and operate the the projects themselves right and they yeah, absolutely they must be uh, okay that's interesting i did not know that i did not think from that uh, <laughs> perspective i i i was thinking like uh, I, I was seeing this like yeah the uh, who is building it would be would be incentivized to invest more in the start because in the maintenance phase of the project is the most costly, right? Because you use it o- over many yeah. years. And if you have, like if you have a uh, 3D model that it has a lots of detail, it's going to be so easy to maintain it, right? Uh, but yeah. uh, but y- then if you say, uh, now <laughs> I need to rethink about this because uh, someone who just want to get rid of it, that, but then we need to, to educate the buyers that they need to have yes. uh, yeah. as best as possible documentation so they yeah. can use yeah. it for the, for the easiest and to, to reduce the cost uh, yeah. a lot, right? And I think you have a good point. Of course, if you look at the, at the governmental or the public um, companies, they, they will make or, or hopefully make sure of this because they will be managing this building for maybe 50, maybe 100 years. If you look at Forsvarsbyg, uh, the the um, um, defense, Depar- uh, defense defense department uh, yeah uh, defense uh, they they might be um, they will might have this building for 200 300 years uh, who knows and and i just spoke with um, uh, well i i speak a lot with uh, with the governmental uh, clients um, like statsbyg they are also on our board um, and, and they have the way they see it now is that you you start with a very high uh, detail level in a model. You might have uh, an architect, and then you have an engineering company, uh, which the detailing and and the quality is very high. But then they see as it goes through, you know, the different the, the, to the contractor, to the subcontractors, uh, the, the construction material producers. It kind of of um, loses its quality, yeah. So, and and I would imagine that you know this is a governmental; they, they will be managing these buildings. But then, if you look at the private uh, client, 
who is kind of into building, uh, creating buildings in order to make a profit, I would suspect that they don't have this, those interests. They are just interested mm-hmm. in, in getting uh, a building, which of course is a good quality, but then the BIM model might not be uh, um, the quality that, that the manager uh, needs. And I also, what I work for, for Maxbo or Löwenschall, Löwenschall Handel, uh, which was then Löwenschall Retail uh, in, in English. And they have several yeah. companies. Uh, and also they have a property developer. And I spoke um, with, um, with one of the property developers and, and, and he, who is one of the, he, he is managing the, the buildings in the end. And he, we spoke about that problem uh, because he, he hadn't really been aware of this. He was, you know, when he started working with Löwenschall and yeah, they have all these, these warehouses which they need to maintain. Um, and then he thought that, well, you know, maybe we can use this BIM model because they always order a BIM model when, uh, when it's being, um, when they are doing the construction phase. But, uh, and then he was kind of interested in seeing, okay, how can we use this? Could we use it for maintenance? Could I use it for, for kind of calculating uh, areas when I order um, different services? Um, and then he started, you know, looking into this and he found the same thing that the, the models aren't really, um, they are good not enough. good quality. He good no, they're not good to, enough. To be, yeah. yeah. Yeah, because there have been some changes along the way, uh, which are probably good changes, I would guess. But then his model isn't isn't correct. Uh, yeah, but yeah. I I think I know why is that. Uh, because uh, uh-huh. there, if like this is uh, it comes out from exactly what you said. They did not know how they might use the model. Okay, so that That's means true. that they did not have any requirements yeah. when they yeah. asked for the project to be built. Yeah. You know. And yeah, then yeah. the designer will design the building, even if they use most advanced tools and everything, but they don't have the needs of the customer in focus or yeah, the true. needs of the contractor that is going to be built, which is also yeah, something yeah. quite dumb, something yeah, that I, yeah. I found out. It was, quite, it was quite interesting. I had a talk with Evin uh, Shalizdar from IF Gruppen, from yeah. IF Gruppen, and uh, uh, he, he told me that uh, the project, the they need to remake the model, the, the BIM models, oh. to be able to use them. They are not usable how oh. they get because they are not good enough from the designers. Yeah. And yeah. This, is all, this is only a miscommunication or misunderstanding or not requirement from the bigger Harry, from the asset owner, right? Yeah. Because they, it's easy to say, yeah, we did not, uh, nobody required this. You don't need that. So you yeah. need to do it, start from the scratch and do that. So this is, a, a, for example, if you involve all these parties what, uh, and the, uh, the asset owners will start, like, what, what do I need? I need to design this building, right? And you ask the designer, how are you going to design this? And after that, the contractor will say, well, did you thought, how are you going to uh, uh, build this? How are you going to move those parts or how mm. this process will go? Or the, how will we will get these materials delivered to our site or... Uh, this is uh, this is the uh, the most value is missed here yeah. because the the lack of communication. 
and uh, so, it's difficult for someone who like right now you have i i completely agree that the designers the i'm part of consultants designers how you want to call them uh we have the most advanced tools but we still think just for us not uh, mm. not but because nobody's requiring this so it's a, like a vicious circle you know because it would be in everybody's interest to have yeah. uh, um, uh, as effective as possible the 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 process because you can uh, uh, incentivize other ways the the build yeah i think this start this this goes to to smarter contract forms mm. like uh, edp yeah uh, yeah. I don't remember that one, but it I was a, a really interesting, yeah. really interesting yeah. uh, uh, kind of uh, contract where, where yeah. uh, it, it was not uh, uh, encouraged like the billing hours to you. You had no incentive. You wish to finish quicker, so you get the biggest yeah. margin, the most profit from it, right? Yeah. Yeah. So then you you uh, you pay for the performance and not for the laziness or uh, dragging yeah. on the project, yeah. right? Yeah. I've also heard about um, contract models where you kind of split the, you, we are saying that, okay, this would be the total cost of this, uh, of this project, uh, or we believe this is the total cost. And then if you go, uh, the project costs more, then everyone has to pay extra. Or if the, if the projects um, cost less, then everyone gets a part of this. Because, you know, um, depending on the contracts, uh, it, it might be the way that the, the contractor is, or, or I'm guessing this has to do with the codes, the construction codes we are using. Yeah. Um, yeah. The contractor might be left with the, the complete profit. And then maybe the, the client doesn't have the same incentives to, to or, or the architect to kind of create models or, or work in a way that you the, that the, the constructor, the, the construction company yeah. saves money. But then in yeah. the end, if, if everyone is sharing this, then I mean, the, everyone would be interested in, in making uh, quicker and project. best possible. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's so true. Uh, you are talking about the same uh, contract. It's about it's called integrated project delivery. Ah, yeah, uh, IPD, yeah, mm, IPD, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I I don't know how much uh, if this was tried already in Norway. I don't. Uh, I'm not aware about this. I think, and I, I think that I'm not sure. I, I think there has been like several steps of development within that kind of contract. So um, I'm, yeah, I, I'm I need sure. to learn more. I, yeah. <laughs> I need to learn more about it as well. I think there yeah. uh, it's uh, it's used already in US or something. I think I will try to get in touch with someone from there and have as a guest. Yeah, that would be very to, interesting. To learn I more. Yeah. yeah, I'll try to do I that. I was just thinking that, you know, because this turns back to, we were talking about the silos again. Um, so maybe that should be building smarts role then, I guess, maybe to kind of break down these silos and 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 creating this understanding across the value chain. Because I think for as an organization, I mean, building smart, being not-for-profit, we don't really have any uh, interests uh, in specific parts of the industry. Our interest is, is uh, among the members. Whatever the members feel we should prioritize, that is what we will prioritize. 
So, and then we're not like this fog, uh, fog or this uh, trades, trades, trades organization. Uh, yeah. yeah. That are looking at specifics, you know, and doing politics and making sure that, uh, that uh, the codes or, or, or the um, contracts or whatever is, is in favor or respectful towards yeah. their uh, members. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe we could, yeah, that's an interesting thought. I think building smart until now has, has mainly focused on, on creating standards, standards yeah. and kind of networking, making like creating, uh, saying that, okay, you know, we have these different groups within our network. So if you are very interested in, in, uh, in BIM collaboration format, well, you know, we have a group discussing that. Uh, if you are a con, if you are um, working with reinforcement, we just recently started a reinforcement group of um, companies and and also people actually who are very interested in how we can uh, create a reinforcement or or bend you know bending the reinforcement directly from the model because it's also there are several steps you are have to go yeah. through. to start with a BIM model and then the contractor or the subcontractor needs to to order this from, from a supplier, and then the supplier needs to produce it. And they have different systems who is running the machinery. Exactly. Yeah. Um, there are so, so many chances to, to yeah. get lost something in the process, to get delays when you have involved Definitely. so many parts. Definitely. I remember I worked with reinforcement uh, a few years ago, and then we started, you know, looking into how we can do it digitally. And we have this, we had these very small problems, which kind of became big problems. Um, like for instance, when we when we started testing, you know, taking the reinforcement from the BIM model and then importing it directly into the system, because what's usually being done is that they get lists through fax or email or whatever, and they will be punching it manually. And then when you punch it manually, you know, I, I can make an interpretation and I can change and I can, you know. So what we realized is when we imported it directly from the model, the, um, say you are going to make an angle yeah. and then maybe the angle becomes upside down, which isn't really a problem because, you know, the angle is the same if it's this way or this yeah. way. But for the machinery, which is bending the bar, then the bar is being bent the wrong way. And then okay. it might actually, it might actually um, hit the operator because that's where he's standing. You know, he stands yeah. there, and it's supposed to bend away from him, and then it bends towards him. So, I think it's those. It's like strange, strange things when you are trying to move digitalization from from one uh, silo, if you will, to the next one. And yeah. I think that's what you are saying. It means that you know the, the previous silo or whatever you would call it they need to have a, a, a they need to be like aware minimum, of the yeah, next of the next uh, need, person yeah. using it yeah definitely so they need to say that okay you know when we are exporting these things from the model we need to make sure that every bend is in this direction yeah. uh, or if not we need to make some kind of uh, in between software that can actually make sure that whatever how the band is, it will always be like this. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah. The, uh, when I read open beam, when I'm think first thing coming to my mind is like, we meet in a room like contractor or asset yeah. owner, 
designer, material supplier, and every, everybody op uh, talks open about how do we do this for the best of the project and the quickest possible way with the yeah. least impact on the planet. Like, uh, so, I mean, so why, why don't we do that in every yeah, project? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a very good point. I think uh, yeah. we are too conservative. I think we are uh, afraid. I think fear is behind this. Like uh, we are afraid to lose leverage or something. But uh, yeah. I think like uh, to grow as a society and as a planet, we need to work together. You see, uh, yeah. this is the best way you can achieve the greatest results. Just working together. Yeah. So it's kind of about trust then. Could yeah, say. I think I think trust and honesty, but yeah, yeah it's very it's very important here. Yeah. Uh, it's it's vital, uh, but um, uh, yeah, uh, just uh, everybody. I think everybody thinks they have the leverage or the upper leg, and yeah. they want don't want to give up to that. So when that it goes uh, directly against the principle of open right that is what yeah. open is yeah. uh, i don't know if you are maybe aware about the open source mentality from uh, software like open mm -hmm. software or open source software it's out yeah. there everybody can come in plug its ideas and try to 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 do something to help yeah. that yeah. project right yeah. and if yeah. uh, the there are some persons that manage the project and if they agree they the work is uh, approved then yeah the project came further right so that's why yeah. that's that's how you got Linux, for example. Linux yeah. is very popular. It's it's open source. It's free. There are so many softwares out there yeah. that compete with bigger uh, companies, and uh, they are maintained and made by by uh, software uh, yeah. developers. But yeah, for us, uh, for us, it's very um, it's a little bit unfortunately it's a little bit not so known this uh, this mindset this mentality. Yeah. And and yeah. this is this is BIM. This is in yeah. in the footprint of BIM. This is uh, yeah. in the DNA of BIM, right? Collaboration. You cannot have collaboration if you are not open, if you don't share everything, but everybody must do the same, right? But it's not yeah. so easy. It's easy to talk about it, but mm -hmm. after mm -hmm. that, then you have many people that are very are not, not very open to this. So it yeah. takes time. It takes time, but uh, I think uh, the one who will, uh, who will do that will, will win the most on the long term. Yeah. Well, this leverage part, I, I guess, is a good, I feel that kind of pinpoints what I'm feeling every once in a while. Well, now I'm not in the, um, I, I haven't been in construction meetings for several years as I've been working with like an uh, um, enterprise. I, I worked as an enterprise architect for the previous years. Yeah. Uh, so mainly with the internal systems, how they should work, how we should prepare. Actually, what I've been working with for the for the previous years uh, before starting with with building smart is how we can how we can make the the basic um, like the 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 IT foundation within uh, Löwenstahl Handel or or Maxbo ready to to um, uh, collaborate or, or speak with a BIM model, um, which is, I mean, it's challenging because most of these companies, these older companies, they have huge legacy systems. They have systems that they have been, 
developing, working on making small quick fixes for 10, 20 years. And then when you are trying to make that speak with um, an external software, you know, from, from another silo, then you have, as long as everything is internally, everything works fine. You know, everything is top notch or of course you have some smaller problems, but, and then when you try to speak with a, a new external systems or just external systems in general, yeah. then it becomes huge problems. So that might also be uh, an issue uh, for, for creating this, this new level of collaboration is, is you have all these legacy mm. systems uh, there. Yeah. I mean, and, and you, can't, you, can't, you can't throw them out, or I guess you can. The best thing would be just throwing them out and then starting all over. But then, I mean, companies that have invested yeah. several millions or billions of, of kroners into these legacy systems. So they are not kind of, yeah. you're not very keen on throwing them out. And there's also a huge risk in changing systems. So yeah. you might not be willing to, to take that risk. Hmm. Yeah, um, I, I completely agree. I completely agree. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that you don't must um, uh, consider alternatives. And not only that, like uh, yeah. uh, like innovation, right? Just try to imagine if Amazon or Apple would not think about their customers when they build their product products. Yeah. Like like yeah. like it's happening right now for us, right? Like yeah. you, the designers design the building after yeah, yeah uh, how they want or after the standards, of course. But they don't think about the real yeah. use of the of the building. Yeah. The contractor is the same and. Nobody thinks like real for real about yeah. the customer. There is going That's to be true. a person that is going to jump yeah. in this uh, pool or something like yeah. very yeah. detailed. How yeah. do we do that? How do we? How can we use that? How that is going to be a problem for the maintenance and everything? Like I mean, yeah. like real yeah. think about the customers. How are they going yeah. to use yeah. this button on on yeah. the phone, yeah. right? And why do yeah. you, do you need to design? Imagine, imagine that. How big would uh, have uh, Apple been today? If they would not think about the customer, yeah, and, and <laughs> I think no that, that might be, <laughs> and maybe that's why Apple became so big because you know before Apple you had Nokia, which kind of had a complete market, and you know exactly. these have. Well, the phones were fairly simple uh, in the end, but you know in the start, I remember I had a Nokia phone and it has all these different buttons. I didn't really understand what are all these buttons doing because all I want to do is 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 make a call or or yeah. or write a text. <laughs> And all I mean that got better and better, and and Nokia, I mean they were, they were very big, and then suddenly you know uh, they didn't realize that the customers wanted something different, or or maybe they realized but they were kind of afraid to change because they figured that well you know we we are so big in this market that nobody can challenge us. Too big to fail. The the yeah, wrong mentality. Yeah. Kodak yeah. did the same. There are many companies. That did That's the same. Yeah. yeah. What do you think our industry is uh, special? Well, why our industry won't be exposed to that? If yeah, I think that would be interesting. I mean, now we have companies like SpaceMaker, who have uh, kind of use um, artificial intelligence, or well, sometimes I start to wonder what what is artificial intelligence. But I'm guessing you could say there are different levels of artificial intelligence. So they are using artificial intelligence to kind of make uh, early decisions of how you should develop uh, um, an area, a complete area. 
taking into view uh, sunlight or, or noise and all of these different challenges, which you mean earlier an architect would maybe make five or six or seven different proposals. Spacemaker does like several thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of different suggestions. And then it kind of shows you, well, you know, these are the 20 best. And then the, the architect can start working with this. So yeah. uh, I guess that will be interesting to see how, how the construction industry changes. Yeah, but it, I think like yeah. if we are waiting too much, that's, that's another reason why I started this podcast and this is the signal I want to yeah. to, uh, to get out there. Like, uh, yeah. uh, what, uh, like you, you need to take, it's not so difficult to take a look at the car industry. Just look how Tesla grows, uh, grew yeah, yeah. the last years, yeah. right? It's going to happen to us as well. And if we don't involve in this, we are just be sidelined, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's so easy. So yeah. uh, we have the the means, and we just need to want to to do something more about that, because yeah. we yeah like uh, I the, in the last episode of the podcast I talked with somebody, uh, Robin, uh, he he told me like the Romans use drawings to make their roads. Ah. They use drawings. What is the yeah. difference between uh, that time and now? They use hammer and everything. Uh, yeah. We did not change too much in the last two thousand years, if you think really thoroughly yeah. about the situation. It's that's true. Yeah. So yeah, we uh, have some new we have some new techie tools, but we still work the same way. Yeah. yeah. We don't have only robots building or uh, no, uh, sensors no. over all, all over the place. No, no, no. Yeah. We are far. Yeah. We just piloting and trying. But yeah, we. I, I think we had our time, and uh, maybe this is the the last chance we get to do something and. Yeah, it's in our best interest to, if we mm. still want to be, would like to, to be a part of this amazing industry. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. So, uh, it's uh, it won't be possible to do that without collaboration, because if we will keep fighting and uh, uh, maintain this small-minded mindset, mm -hmm. then just going to come up somebody who'll just replace everything. I I I think it's just a matter of time. So yeah, we need to be open. We need to be willing to learn more, and yeah. we need to be willing to cooperate more with the with other parties. We we have this one member, uh, Holte, and they are um, they have some very interesting projects uh, because what they have tried to do is is use. Uh, I mean, we have several members who do who do a lot of interesting projects. But I was just thinking of this one Holter project where they are actually, they get a BIM model or an IFC model, um, an IFC model, which then again, I mean, you can export an IFC for most, for most softwares used now. I'm guessing every software which is being used now. Uh, and they import that into their system. And then they have this uh, database, which has like, uh, prices of they will have them prices from Moxpo, for instance, and from Optimera or whatever, and they will have your personal prices. So they will import the software, uh, import the BIM model. The BIM model will go through all the products as long as it has the, the properties. It will make selections on what building materials it thinks you should use, and then will add the prices. 
And then the next level they are looking into now is that they also have in this database uh, estimated time it will take to mount a door or, or build a wall or whatever. So they are now looking into, could we kind of optimize the whole scheduling of the building uh, from an IFC? Um, that sounds interesting. I think it's kind of, and then something interesting is starting, you know, uh, then you don't, you don't have the people who are making the plans in, in, uh, in uh, Microsoft project or whatever tools they're using. Then the construction planning is, is, uh, is uh, suddenly automized. And I'm guessing if you then could kind of uh, track uh, what is being actually done on the construction site, maybe for instance, saying that, okay, now suddenly a delivery is delayed maybe you have ordered some special kinds of windows or whatever and and that's delayed due to some issue uh, at the producer and then the the manufacturer will then say that oh well you know okay sorry we have a delay we have a two weeks delay and then maybe you know the model could just recalculate saying that okay well you know when we have a delay here we will just do this instead so i think there are a lot of uh, as you say there are a lot of of opportunities there which we are not really now grabbing. And, uh, and if the, the industry doesn't do that, then probably it will be disrupted by some other, uh, like maybe Tesla, I don't know, or Amazon. Yeah. Um, these huge uh, tech companies who have all this technology and, and, and don't have the legacy systems and, and are thinking differently uh, on how you should erect a building. Mm. Yeah, sure. Like uh, right now, I think they are most uh, involved with uh, trying to develop uh, unmanned driver, uh, driven cars. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but after they achieve that, uh, we might be the next one because I've seen already yeah. uh, Tesla, not Tesla, Elon Musk. I don't know if you definitely, I've, I'm, I think you, you've seen that. I think you commented on this uh, article in uh, Big Industry. Uh, Elon Musk... Uh, associated with some Norwegian company would like to involve in Fornibibanen to, yeah, that's true. to make yeah. the tunnel. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's, <laughs> I think we are not far away from, from, yeah. uh, from yeah. something. Yeah, that's true. That's, and that's, yeah, very interesting. Uh, and I mean, it's not, I mean, it's not that strange, you know, uh, I think because the construction industry is, is the biggest industry. Uh, if you, if you, remove uh, offshore and and uh, yeah i don't know the salmon industry or if you look at just the land based industries in norway the construction industry is is by far the biggest not only in norway sorry for interrupting oh yeah i guess it's, so uh, it's all over the place yeah it employs yeah. a lot of people could that be a problem that you know you employ a lot of people and if you start uh, automating processes then people will be out of I don't work. think so. I don't think so. Oh. You find new roles. You re, you yeah. just need to retrain people, but yeah. people yeah. need to be willing to retrain. Yeah. Uh, we, we will have new roles, like you see uh, right now. Uh, it's happening. There are uh, there are some things like going more digitalized, but you need people mm -hmm. for decision making, mm -hmm. for creative things. For yeah, it's. Uh, yeah. I I I don't think that's a problem. But uh, yeah, it's uh, like it's not only that we are the biggest industry. It's uh, it, we are also we have also the biggest uh, 
negative impact on our planet and we cannot go that's true yeah go on with that like uh, forever yeah. right yeah uh, yeah that's you true. see the effects of the global warming yeah yeah if you were to look into if every uh, developing country were to um, construct like we are doing making roads making housing uh, that would be a huge impact uh yeah 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 so then i guess that uh, because in romania they take over 20 years to make a highway then it's a good it's good for uh, <laughs> the impact on our environment <laughs> could be yeah could be i don't know yeah, yeah. we might have it done by 2030 yeah. they started for many years ago i was just thinking because you were speaking speaking of open source it would be interesting to if someone were to make open source BIM software, and that might already exist. There is, I don't know. There is. There is. There is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There is. There are some tools, but of course they are not so. Uh, they are. It's almost impossible to compete with the bigger ones because mm -hmm. they have a big, too much, money yeah. in this. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, it's too much interest. And uh, yeah, you need people to to use a lot of time to to make something more uh, better right but there are mm. for uh, i uh, i know there are some like uh, tools like briscad if i don't if i'm not mistaken is like a kind of revit or autocad 3d something there are more tools but like i said uh, they are not quite there because there is not enough uh, is no funding like uh, yeah because we need like maybe for uh, programmers what was easier because they do it, did it themselves but like we yeah we need to learn either we need like engineers need to learn uh, mm -hmm. civil engineers mm -hmm. need to learn programming mm -hmm. and do it or yeah you need uh, i don't know exactly but uh, it's we are it, there is room room for lots of improvement yeah. of course yeah. And I'm guessing also it's different people. I mean, the, the people developing uh, Linux, as you mentioned, I mean, they are very interested in, in computer science and, and probably working within computer science. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah I mean, but, the people, but, hmm? yeah, people working within the construction industry, they might not be as, as interested in developing software. I don't know. Yeah. We go, we go in that direction. Either we like it yeah. or not. You see, yeah. uh, right now, uh, the biggest companies, are not uh, like are focusing to use more um, parametric design instead of just modeling uh, mm -hmm. like uh, they use a lot of tools like uh, grasshopper or uh, yeah, dynamo yeah. or you can use can use uh, visual programming to make your project and uh, it's very helpful because you can uh, the uh, editing if you edit something if you update anything you get it live so it's uh, we go that way. Yeah. Like I think yeah. I I think we not uh, we don't need, at least in Norway not uh, in uh, a lot of time they are going to be like this is this is like a new skill like like uh, you need uh, but not only for our industry but in our industry is going to be like a mandatory skill if you want to work as a engineer or civil engineer or whatever. Yeah, I've seen it already in many uh, ads job ads for uh, bigger companies. I've seen yeah. this requirement, or uh, not a requirement, but uh, they said that this is a I big need, advantage yeah. if yeah. you if you do it. And uh, not only that, I think like globally, like uh, 
every uh, no matter what you do even if you're using uh, microsoft office and such but if you learn a little bit of python and you can make use some yeah. visualizations tool, yeah. tools yeah. Uh, you can uh, tap into lots of uh, powers yeah. that it, it will enhance your work a lot. And this, like I, I see pro programming like becoming like English language, very important skill to have that yeah. will help you no matter what you do. No matter what you do, it will help you. When I started, I started in, in Germany for a year in Karlsruhe. And um, I actually had programming there. We, I had this subject where we were programming... Um, a finite uh, element method uh, design software, uh, FEM design software, which we just programmed in, in Visual Basic and, and it was connected to Excel. So you could type in values in Excel mm -hmm. and then it would do the calculations. Yeah. And I learned, I learned a lot about, I learned a lot about how the uh, finite element method works, but I also got experience with how a code is written. And that have actually helped me a lot ever since. Like just looking into an IFC as a, as a, um, as text, just opening it in Notepad or well, Notepad might be the optimal, but you have different kinds of good softwares. Uh, you might actually, I mean, an IFC is complex, but when I work with reinforcement, I kind of could find the places where the values were in in the IFC. So I think you're right through learning visual programming that might be the next step because I know that just learning uh, and I also were coding HTML uh, web pages uh, in Notepad and because at that time uh, we had a subject that we were supposed to deliver part of uh, of the project was to develop uh, we were creating this kind of, or, or like this company. We were to, uh, supposed to imagine a company and then we were creating the company. So we were kind of creating mm. uh, the basic uh, idea of the company. We were creating the home pages. We were then kind of constructing the building that this, this uh, um, company was supposed to be in. Um, and then uh, at that time, you there were some limits if you were using the standard softwares for creating uh, HTML or web pages. There were some limitations, so then you had to go in and kind of code code it directly. And I think I learned a lot from that. Uh, yeah. Just being able to kind of understand how a software works, um, like an HTML is fairly simple, but when or at least the basics of an HTML and yeah. that has developed a lot since then. But then when we were programming them in, in Visual Basic, learning how, you know, the software works, making rules, then yeah. re and all of this is quite. Yeah, you get to the you get a deeper level. understanding on, exactly, of how exactly. things work, which I think mm. is, is important for at least for engineers to get that kind of yeah. fundamental understanding of things. Yeah, yeah, I think it's happening. Uh, yeah. And uh, who's not uh, going to do that will just uh, be left out. I I, yeah, I don't yeah. see I don't see any any other way. It's happening. and it's very impressive when you see this uh, visual engineering, as you said. Like uh, you have companies. Well, I'm just thinking of Snowhatta, but I know there are several other companies doing this where you can just like, as you said, just make changes to the facade, and then everything is 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 um, created. A new iteration. Uh, yeah. Iteration, yeah. And then when you're going to produce this, you could think that you could then have, because then what uh, most of the time happens is that nothing is standardized. I mean, 
you could I guess you could put that into the script that it's used to it's, it's supposed to be making standardized shapes but you could say to the software that well you're not supposed to you are completely free in whatever yeah. you would like to do uh, as if we are looking into production if we could produce materials directly from the IFC then I'm guessing that uh, it doesn't have to be that standardized uh, yeah if you change production lines I mean a lot of production lines in the in the industry is based on on standard products so if you make anything different from the standard you have to pay extra in some way because then it's manual labor or I don't know um, so yeah. creating, making things more, maybe more, a big uh, 3d printer, maybe, maybe <laughs> a big 3d printer. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. We'll change that. We, the, I think uh, there are great progresses in that area as well. And yeah, yeah. If we go back to building smart a little bit, what yes. is in, in uh, your agenda for, for the coming uh, years or uh, months? Better well, months? my, my agenda is actually doing some of the things we were speaking about, kind of breaking down the silos, making the, the industry work more uh, across the supply chain. So Building Smart is, is uh, we are working on a new strategy, uh, which we will be, we need to involve the board and also maybe some of the members, but due to this COVID-19 situation, we have just been working on it internally. Yeah. So what we are thinking now is that our new strategy will be built upon our standards naturally. So we have ISC, we have BCF, we have BSTD, we have these several different standards. Um, but we are also involved in a lot of different standardization projects uh, in Europe, in SEN, ISO, and also in, in, uh, at NS, Norwegian Standard. So my colleague Chi is, is project manager of several uh, standardization projects. So that is kind of our fundament. And then we have <clears throat> the network, which is on top of that, which we have all these different groups kind of discussing uh, how should we solve specific problems in an IFC. We now have a, a law room, which are discussing the law when you have, say you put an IFC in a cloud, then what, what happens if the cloud, the cloud is in Ireland, if, if uh, all of this data if I let you produce directly from my BIM model and then suddenly I change something in the BIM model, who is responsible for this? Because, uh, well, we have all these different uh, law aspects. We have some lawyer firms and also some governmental stakeholders um, discussing that in one room. So we have all these yeah. different groups where people are discussing and, and some are kind of working groups. They actually produce, they produce kind of white papers or, or guidelines or whatever. And some of them are more for discussion and for sharing knowledge. Um, and then on top of that, we will be working more. I, I don't want to say political because that's, that's more like what the, these um, unions are doing. It's more like, um, yeah, working with this kind of breaking down the silos, making sure that the government understands the importance of using open standards and thinking across the supply chain. Um, because if you are going to work across the supply chain, I think you need to use open standards. You need to, and not only building smart standards, you need to use GS1 standards, which has identification standards and, and, and standard for barcodes, etc., mm. um, so that you avoid uh, appropriate 
proprietary, is that correct verb? Yeah. Um, systems. Because then if you, then you're kind of locked, you know? Uh, say you have a building, you are going to manage it for 50 years. And then if you have a proprietary system somewhere, that software vendor kind of has a huge control of your system. And if it goes bankrupt, then what, what happens then? So when you use open standards, then you have a more higher flexibility. You can change softwares without getting that huge an impact. You can... Um, get offers from several different companies because your, uh, the, the way you have built uh, a lot of your, your um, collaboration assets. within your systems, yeah. the assets are, are using open standards. Yeah. So I think what we will be working on is, is kind of trying to break down these silos or these barriers, trying to get people to understand that, well, you know, you cannot just look at one isolated sector. You need to look at and, and get this understanding you were you were speaking about. We cannot only speak with people, uh, well, the normal people we are speaking with, which are the ones who are very interested in IFC and BIM and understand all of this. We need to speak to uh, maybe boards of directors. We need to speak to, to uh, like the private uh, clients you were speaking about, that we were talking about earlier, making them understand why is this so important? And what are the benefits and, and the opportunities of actually using open standards? We need to speak to a lot of people, I guess. Yeah, to everybody. So that is what we are. Yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, and we are also then trying to build up the Building Smart uh, brand, if you will, kind of making it more, more people. I mean, within, uh, within, within the, um, our members and kind of, uh, where they are, building smart is very well known. But when you come to other parts of the industry and on a higher level, we are not known. So we need to kind of build that uh, knowledge around building smart. Uh, what is is our agenda, if you will? Uh, what is it we believe, and why is this uh, important? Yeah, uh, and maybe to reshape the culture in our industry. I yeah, think there yeah. that should be um, one of the very, like you said, like. Uh, cooperation and breaking the silos, uh, trust yeah. and everything else included yeah. here. Yeah. But it's it it's a cultural change, a yeah. radical cultural change in our industry, like from this small-minded, siloed mindset. So yeah, yeah. that that should be like. Uh, I think it's. Uh, I see good uh, work from uh, Building Smart. It's really nice to see that. Yeah. I see COVID actually helped this. At least from mm -hmm. my point of view, I heard much more about building smart in this time yeah. than before i was willing yeah. to see more webinars i was not traveling to to meetings yeah. so uh this is uh, this is very important and this uh, i think this is uh, this is something that the culture a new culture we need to reshape our culture that yeah. just we need to get out of our comfort zone and embrace new new ways of thinking yeah and i think I, I also think that Building Smart, as we are a not-for-profit organization, we are open to everyone. And everyone has an equal... Uh, equal um, right. Um, right, yes. If you are a small company, if you are a, are a, a big company, uh, you have the same rights and you have the same uh, impact, you could always say, uh, almost say. I think we could gain that trust. As you, we were sp speaking about previously, there is something with trust. We don't have like trust in the silos and maybe we don't have a trust in a project i only i only 
believe in myself and my needs, and I don't really trust the other companies in, in doing what is in my best interest. And a lot of these uh, unions, they, of course, they have, they have uh, their members' agenda, which is and kind of, it might be the trade, it might be the, the contractors' union, it might be the, be the um, consultants' union. Exactly. And I think we are in a different position because uh, a lot of these human, the unions are, are members uh, in Building Smart. And we have this, uh, or at least we, we want people to understand that we are, are uh, neutral within all of this. And I think we are probably, if not the only, then at least the biggest neutral organization uh, around BIM or digitalization, if you will, in the Norwegian construction industry. Maybe also the biggest in, in the world, I'm not sure. I mean, we are an international organization, so we have a lot of, yeah. of um, local organizations throughout the world, and, and you are coming all the time. Yeah. Um, so I think we have a, a special standing there. Uh, I know there's a lot of industry initiatives from, uh, from, the, from the Constructors Union, for instance. But I think even though a lot of their, uh, their initiatives are very good, you might not get that trust, which people might be thinking that, well, you know, this is good, but mm, I don't know if they have an agenda behind this. So I, I believe that Building Smart as not-for-profit, as neutral, we have a, um, we have a golden opportunity in, in, in uh, being, uh, I mean, it's not our, our job to, to change the industry, but we can kind of uh, help the industry uh, into making this change somehow. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Of course, it's. Uh, I think yeah, building smart can be that uh, reference or origin point that everybody can uh, uh, revolve around. Uh, yeah. It's uh, it's definitely something like it it needs to be, uh, and um, like we were saying earlier, like um, the the first reason, like the first step uh, to to learn to go, like to improve. It's like information, like this. Uh, everybody needs to understand why this is important. Yeah. So if we make that clearer, like is this uh, the objective of my podcast as well, to help people understand better why do we need to go to this next level? And then it's going to be uh, easier to understand and get motivated to do it. And after that, like we have already... Uh, this uh, uh, wrong ways of working like uh, with not coordinated uh, projects from the start not requirement not good enough requirements and everything like i think to uh, to get to quickest possible there it's uh, it's not to just um, it's to find a way to educate and inform the decision makers the people in the highest uh, positions yeah. because right now like you said like there is a lot of interest but it's for nerds if i can say that for me and yeah, for others yeah. that are very interested and they find yeah. they see they see uh, the potential there and but uh, yeah. we cannot decide a lot yeah we try to do our best of course uh, i try to do this podcast for example but maybe 99 uh, like me that are maybe more passionate about me they they, they don't do that 
because it's yeah, not easy no. to go out and make yourself vulnerable, vulnerable and expose yourself, right? Yeah. So, uh, but and we can change very little, but if we become more and more, yeah, that that is going to to happen. But it's it would be much easier if it comes from the top down, right? If if you have a, a leader, a director, or someone who buys yeah. into this vision, then it's going to be much easier to be listened from the other ones, right? Yeah. So I, because I see this uh, in many organizations, they don't have a clear vision about this. It's very, no, very no. confused, very confused. And yeah. uh, this is one of the reasons, I think. And that might also, I guess, be, has something with, um, with competence or with knowledge, the people who are uh, in the board of directors or, or the higher level of management they are might be people who have been been worked in the companies like a higher level of management may have been worked within the company so they know the company in and out and they have kind of worked their up their step uh, this ladder but yeah. then they just know their company uh, and they might have been only employed with this company so they don't really have a feel for what goes in other companies or or what goes in on in on in other parts of the industry and um, I'm guessing also a lot of, or at least my experience from working with, with digital uh, strategy and, and wanting to do all these different kind of projects, a lot of the time it, 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 you need a business case to prevent to the board of directors or the top level management. They, they want a business case. And a lot of the time I think it's, it's hard creating uh, a business case on making this change or or starting to work you know differently starting to trust uh, across the industry and i think if we go back to to nokia or to we, we spoke about kodak you know this kodak moment mm-hmm. um kodak actually invented the digital camera yeah yeah but yeah. they like they were like oh well you know <laughs> there's not really a business case here so they just put it in they they just buried it in a, in in some kind of cellar uh, because there, I mean, they were working on producing chemicals for what you call it, uh, for to develop, uh, pictures. to develop the pictures. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and, and film of course, and all of these things, but I think, I believe if I remember correctly, their main area of, of sales was in chemicals. Uh, and so, I mean, starting then to work with digital photography was like, well, uh, <laughs> And I'm guessing the board of directors, they were like, well, you know, we really make a big profit on these chemicals. Why should we do something else? And I mean, the industry has been like this for hundreds of years or whatever, when the, yeah. when the photography was developed, it will not ever change. So mm-hmm. maybe we need to educate uh, the yeah. people who are on boards of directors and, and top level management into yeah into understanding this and, and making the right decisions. And if you don't, or, or just saying that, you know, okay, we will hire someone who has this knowledge and we will trust him 100% or her. Yeah. If she tells us that this is important, well, then, then we need to listen to her. We need to trust her and we need to make that change. Even though, even though I don't understand it, I, 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 I believe that this is important for us. Um, yeah, to get to that belief, it's uh, it's yeah. important. But yeah. because I, there there are enough uh, competent people that can this, but like like you said, 
uh, I think the, they they need to see uh, um, something uh, palpable there. Uh, but yeah, yeah it, this is I'm thinking about this. I'm thinking about this from for a few episodes back. I've seen yeah. I after talking already with uh, seven other experts, I I got yeah. already to this conclusion. I see where is the bottleneck. It's there. Yeah. It's there. Yeah. We need to. Uh, uh, don't we need? Uh, I'm thinking. I'm. I I try to to think how how can you uh, can you get them. How can you get in contact with them? How can you yeah. expose yeah. this to them? Yeah. Because I mean, yeah, it, it will happen exponentially. The growth is going to be exponentially, not definitely. Yeah. And I mean, you have this, uh, you have this. Well, that's a Kodak moment. I mean, this part of no return when you realize that oh, now it's actually too late to make this change. Exactly. I've seen these graphs. I don't know if you have seen them where you have this, of course, this exponential curve. curve. Yeah, yeah. And then we, uh, as, as humans, we think uh, linear. So we look uh, on, on, on growth or development like a linear line. Yeah. And then you have this, this exponential growth. Mm-hmm. So when development starts, you know, we have these expectations for growth. And then you have this uh, exponential line, which, I mean, it's just straight in the beginning. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you have these expectations, and you are kind of, you are kind of disappointed because you're thinking, well, nothing really happens, and yeah. then suddenly you get this hockey stick, and then, and then it's too late to change, and then we will be, oh, what, what happened now? Yeah. Um, yeah, but then I guess that's, like, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, you as a, as a building smart Norway, I think you have uh, lots of. Uh, it should be very easy for you actually to get in contact with these people. For me, it would be very difficult. Nobody yeah, will look at me. Yeah, yeah. But for you, it would be uh, they will listen to you. Yeah, and that, well, and that kind of we have been working on our strategy now since uh, well, since we got stuck in our home offices, um, yeah. which is kind of then good because we then had a lot of time. And I think that's as as a not for profit organization, I think that's one of our one of our our uh, advantages and also one of our privileges is that we can take a lot of time in in developing our strategies and thinking about things because people like you or our members uh, they are not really in contact with us every day so you see the webinars and you feel that you know well now things are things are happening so we not don't need to make that very quick change as private companies might have to do because yeah. they have this board of directors or whatever who is, is expecting something to happen. Mm-hmm. So we have spent now a lot of time just discussing what do we think is important, what positions should we take, and and our our conclusions are much the same as as you are saying. I think we I think we have the we um, we have the possibilities of, of taking that position, and I think we should take that position because it's important for the industry. And it's also important for our members. I mean, some of our members, like our software vendors, they have put millions into developing uh, technology, which is based on building smart standards. And a lot of them also invest time every day in developing our standards. We have a lot of of, uh, software companies really involved in our network and also internationally and working within standardization. Um, And at some point, they should get some. Um, they should be able to 
to collect on their investments. I think that's only fair and 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 that's also part of our job, making sure that our members are 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 happy and and the members who are then developing these these open source softwares. We should make sure that the industry mm. uh, demands that, and we should make sure that the consultants, which specializes in in uh, in uh, BIM uh, and this open BIM mindset, they should also be prioritized within the industry. Mm. Um, I think we owe that to our members, and that's also part of our our uh, agenda as building smart is to to um, I wouldn't say please our members, but uh, well, I think you understand what I'm I'm, yeah. I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that would be very interesting. So we are already looking forward to to starting to work with this. So yeah, I mean, this autumn we will be moving to NHO. And um, where all the the union, all the, the, most of the unions uh, are there, so we will be sitting together with the contractors' union, the, well, a lot of them, um, yeah. DNL, uh, EBA, all of these uh, Norwegian acronyms, making it easier for us. You're not just talking with them, yeah, by the coffee machine, having a small meeting, um, maybe go out uh, having a beer. I, I don't know. Yeah, that sounds like um, and, a great opportunity right there. Yeah, yeah. Because Building Smart has kind of gone through steps, you know. We started, and when the organization started, uh, it was just a project. And then Stan Sunnesen uh, was the project manager. And then at some point, they decided that, you know, well, in order to have this running, we need to establish it as an organization. So so they made this submission fees uh, etc and and Stan Sunnison was able to be hired 100% and now of course you need the office and you need all those extra uh, things yeah. and then he was then he had his office at the uh, Standard Norge which is the Norwegian standardization organization which was a naturally because at that point you really needed to develop the standards you really needed to have all this work to get yeah. this this level mm. uh, that you can build upon and then when um, uh, at some point um, Sten Sun is in his architect, so he went back to, to working with architecture and he's now the chief architect, I believe, at Salzburg. Um, Anstein Shinaran took over as the manager. And then they, after a while, they moved to Mesh, which is a co-working space yeah. in order to be more in contact with, uh, uh, well, being centralized in Oslo, that's for one thing. But also being more in contact with uh, um, entrepreneurs or or startups, uh, yeah. seeing if if Building Smart could get some um, benefits from being in in such an environment. Seeing okay, we have the standards now. We need to develop. Uh, we need to create these networks. And now we we are going to the third level where we are saying that okay, now we have the. We have the standards. Well, they, they are they are being developed continuously, but we have standards. We have softwares. We have uh, we have procedures. We have all of these things we we need processes. Uh, we have the networks. We have the people. They are learning. They are developing. Um, and then the next level would be working. Um, making uh, the industry understand the importance of, of this work and 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 um, 
specifying or, or I mean, just understanding. If, if you get the understanding, uh, then you will specify, I think. Uh, we don't need them to tell, well, you know, I think you should specify that when you are building a building, you need to have an IFC in the end that uh, you can use to manage the building. When they understand this, of course, I think they will, they will hopefully yeah. specify it. Or if not, they will be, end up as a Kodak company when other clients who are starting to, to make these demands and you can say, well, you know, I have a building here. It's a good building. I have absolutely no documentation. I have no idea how things are working, but I would like to sell it to you. And you have a different company saying that, well, you know, I have this building. I have a, a BIM model. Everything is in there. You know, you can, you can see the square meters uh, of, of uh, area. You have uh, uh, every, the lighting, the, the painting, everything is, is described in the model. You know, the carbon footprint, you, you have everything. Then I think it's clear what building you would buy. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I completely agree with that. Yeah. So I should, I think that if you, if you have a, a building uh, which is very well specified and has a BIM and it has all the documentation you need, I think that building should be worth more in the end than a building without the documentation. Yeah, yeah, well, I think of course. It's, yeah. I think it's much like buying a car, you know. If you buy a car, you would like, you know, to have this document saying that, well, I have done all the services. I have done all these things. All of these things have been done to my car. You know, at some point I, I changed the gearbox because it was old. I fixed the engine. You want all this documentation in order to tell the buyer that this car is really well taken care of. Here is everything you need in order to, to maintain and, and, and enjoy your car. But with yeah. buildings, it's, it's sadly, it's not that way. I mean, uh, you buy the building and then you're kind of uh, um, experiencing uh, the problems or the challenges as they arise. Yeah. And yeah. then you need to, yeah, to, to use the warranty and go to lots of uh, headaches yeah. to fix yeah. some problems. Yeah. And, uh... Yeah. And there might not even be a warranty because I think, uh, okay. according to the codes, uh, the, the client is just responsible for, or the contractor is just responsible in five years. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. A lot of the problems doesn't arise within five years. <laughs> Come on, exactly afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Why, why to inform the customer? Let's just get the money and uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of reports. If you just Google around, you will find reports by McKinsey, by uh, the World Economic Forum. But I mean, there are business consulting groups. There are several reports you can read about how the construction industry need to change in order to, in the end, save the planet at least if you believe in global warming then if you don't believe in global warming then you have no problems but uh if you do believe in that you realize that we we have a problem and and we need to fix it um yeah some way um yeah yeah we need to uh, acknowledge the um, the value of others other parties in the process yeah. this is going yeah. to be a little bit challenge because I think it's also this bias uh, right now, right? Like uh, the designers think they do the most important part. The constructor thinks he's doing it and they don't see it as a team member. They see it as a, yeah, uh, someone yeah. who just uh, 
put uh, put some obstacles in the way of uh, of the project. So yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's yeah the mindset that we need to. Work That's on. also interesting. I think when you start to look at lean and how you can kind of, and there are some very interesting projects there when it comes to lean and how you can use uh, industrialize uh, the way of of constructing um, and making everything run smoother um but then again that that leads to i'm guessing you need very well high high quality of uh of information when you are doing this this planning you cannot end up finding a lot of errors as you go along you need everything needs to be kind of lined up when you are doing this lean process uh yeah and you also mentioned uh, vdc earlier i think ice meetings so I think there's a lot of interesting things going on. Uh, yeah, that's a good approach. That's a, yeah. an approach where you actually work together, where you yeah. say what you think and you can uh, yeah. Yeah. act up on uh, right there, right? Yeah, I've never, uh, I have never attended a, uh, an ICE meeting. As uh, no, as I haven't. I mean, I haven't been working as uh, well. I've been working with digital strategy and 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 uh, enterprise architecture and those things. So I haven't really, even though I'm a civil engineer, I've never been, in, been involved as, yeah. as a civil engineer or as a structural engineer. Yeah, nobody, uh, not, not everybody is involved in this. It's, uh, and not every project uses this. And uh, yeah. for those who doesn't know what ICE is, ICE is integrated concurring engineering, where you can, you have different parties, designer and the contractor. And uh, yeah, they they talk together about the issues they have, and uh, yeah. they fix them They're right there. Yeah. So you save lots of uh, yeah. uh, feedback uh, back and forth. So yeah, I believe I read somewhere that uh, integrated concurrent engineering was developed by NASA when they were had this uh, had this uh, space shuttle program. Because they needed to, I can't remember which president ordered the, the space shuttle program, but they needed to develop these space shuttles very fast. Uh, and so they realized that, you know, the normal way of working doesn't, I mean, it's not, doesn't help. Um, you, you cannot work that way if you want to build something very fast. It's so, too slow, yes. It's too slow, yes. So I, I believe that was, was developed during uh, when the space shuttle program um, and I'm guessing then based on the, on the um, ground control that they have, you know, when they sent up the first uh, people to the moon or whatever, when you have this room where everyone is, every expert, uh, every the communication expert, every expert is in that room. So you can get the decision you need straight away. Uh, and I guess, and that's the important, that's, that's the interesting thing about, uh, or at least I believe that's the interesting thing about integrated concurrent uh, engineering is that you get that collaboration, you get everyone, you, you, you exchange yeah. the model, you, you can see it straight away, you can discuss the tasks, you realize how you, what you need to change. You, could, you can change then and there uh, yeah. if you have the correct tools. Um, so, uh, yeah, exactly. But I don't know how this happens today, if this is a requirement from the asset owner in the contract or if just if the designer and the constructor are agreeing to do this. 
but uh, yeah. it might be i think the asset owners are also involved in this i'm not sure 100 but i think i read somewhere uh yeah they they yeah. said about uh, this so yeah this is a very good approach yeah, yeah. This is, is this how it should what if this is working well why should not just uh, this uh, be used all the time what yeah. what are yeah. the challenges yeah yeah i need to talk with someone who's doing this so to see yeah, what 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 uh, on why don't we do this at a larger scale yeah yeah i mean I mean, now we clearly we have proved that we have the technology. Everyone has been in their home office now for two, three months. Clearly, mm -hmm. we know that speaking together across a digital platform, yeah. uh, if it's not possible to to have everyone in the room having this conversation on, mm -hmm. on digital uh, platforms yeah. works as well. So yeah. I think, uh, and that will also be interesting to see if, if the, if the industry somehow changes after this, after this period now, where we have been relying so much on on these digital tools to to get, yeah, to get the working day and yeah. just yeah, I, manage everything. I think at some extent will just uh, become the new normal. At some extent, yeah. now I, I I think yeah, at least the least it will happen would be that people will use more at least digital meetings or virtual meetings right right yeah, with yeah. Uh, software there is like and you have you can save some time with that as well without needing to travel yeah. and yeah. such so at least that i think is going to happen a little bit more but uh, i don't know to what extent maybe some other companies will just keep working this way maybe they will i'm sure there there are going to be companies that will allow their employees to work uh, sometime from home which is a big yeah. advantage for everybody yeah. to have yeah. as a flexibility, right? So yeah. uh, there are more things, and yeah, we is going to happen more and more afterwards. But I yeah. don't know if everybody will do this and right away, right? We had this very interesting uh, webinar um, a few a, a few weeks ago, which was on um, augmented reality and virtual reality. Um, where uh, we had um, Rambel, um, I think I think I believe it was Rambel, Asplan Viak, and Vaideke spoke about how they use virtual reality and, and augmented reality. And uh, we saw this presentation in Vaideke where they are actually using uh, augmented reality on site. I mean, they are in the test period, test phase now, but where you can then have uh, augmented reality, so you can see uh, you can see the construction in front of you. You could import the BIM model uh, and see that. Um, you will have uh, the the consultant is there, so you can see the consultant. And currently, it was just in Windows. I think they connected it to Teams, yeah. but it gives a lot of opportunities uh, to see how things are. And you have great tools now in order to place the IFC within. Uh, the actual uh, environment, so you can see: uh, Have I, I constructed it correct? How will it? Uh, have I excavated um, the right amounts of of, uh, of uh, dirt or or soil or whatever? Yeah. Um, which is interesting to see to see how that will change the industry. 
Yeah, I will um, definitely speed up to some extent yeah. the operations, of course. But yeah, it takes time. It takes time, you see, and we go with uh, small steps. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how? Where do we go from here? Uh, what do we do? Like, what should we do to to help with the, this cultural uh, shift? Uh, what what can each of us like a entity like a person or a, like a participant in this industry how can we uh, what kind of resources should we use to uh, at least for the ones who want to to improve themselves to learn more uh, i think um i think an, a very important thing is sharing sharing about your experiences and not only the good ones also the the bad ones when something went completely wrong uh why did it go completely wrong because i think most of the time people do not share those things they just share the exactly exactly yeah. at conferences you see only the positive yeah. and the shiny yeah. and bright yeah. things yeah yeah so i think that's one thing um and i think we also need to to get people together. I mean, the top, the board of the boards of directors, the top level management, uh, the, the and and the people who are actually doing the work out there. Everything from the reinforcement workers to to uh, to the consultants. Um, architects, we need to create that better understanding. Um, and I'm guessing every one of us, um, well, there's a lot of noise out there. When everyone starts to speak out, I mean, there will be a lot of uh, noise or, or a lot of, uh, it will be hard to navigate in that environment. Um, and I sometimes feel that the problem we also are having now is that we get all these conferences. There's like, you have several conferences now in the construction industry. So all these conferences are kind of can, uh, cannibalizing each other. Yeah, um, it, it's like, uh, they unfortunately, unfortunately, they look like, like other silos. They are yeah. new silos. Yeah. So I think a good thing would be, and I mean, we also have a conference in Building Smart, but we are kind of now re-evaluating that, seeing if we, because of this problem. So we see that a few years ago, we gathered many people from the industry, but now as we get more and more conferences, it's kind of going down to the, to the hardcore uh, Building Smart believers who are at yeah. the conferences. So we are kind of thinking that maybe and and we see, I mean, the webinars we are doing now, uh, it's it's getting more and more people are are viewing those, and I think it's a good format for just have half an hour, so it's kind of easy to go through them. Um, so we are kind of of uh, looking into other ways. So maybe we shouldn't do the huge conference. Maybe we should solve this in in other ways. Um, and I think it's important to get these places where where people can meet and then attend them. And I think that's something hopefully everyone can do is attend. If we could like have, say we have this, uh, I know that Big uh, Reistai, um, which is the huge main um, construction supplier uh, conference, or it's a, it's a trade fair um, every second year. 
uh, it will be the next time, it will be next year. And they have this, they would like now to, to gather uh, kind of, because they are actually, until now they have just been the two silos, the, the, the um, construction product retailers and the construction product producers. So that's kind of like two, two silos. And then they have managed to gather those in one area. And then, of course, there are a few contractors there, but they're more like clients um, just walking around looking at what's going on. Yeah. Um, so now they are trying to build this platform to gather all of these people. So I think then attending these forums and maybe seeing, looking into, maybe we shouldn't have our own conference. Maybe we should concentrate on, on a huger, uh, huger endeavor, seeing if we can make something big together which kind of can get a bigger interest uh, because then hopefully we can tell all these stories, all the competence that, that the people who are out there may yeah. be telling these stories to the top level management. So I think the main reason is what people could do then just to summarize it up is start trusting each other. Hopefully. I mean, it's hard, but, uh, and collaborating and sharing. I think sharing is important uh, in whatever way you can. I mean, some of us work for huge companies. It's easier to be heard. Some work for smaller companies and it's like uh, harder to, to get that time in order to share things. But I think if we are to learn, we, we need to share um, and maybe not be afraid to try out, to test things. I mean, Every once in a while, if you test something, it will go completely horribly wrong. But then hopefully you've learned something. And we need to, to maybe accept that things will go completely horribly wrong. And I don't mean then that you didn't reach your budget or go uh, above your budget. I mean, differently. Yeah. That's saying, okay, we tried to, to, to construct each this building, produce everything from the, from the IFC model, and it didn't work out. But something worked, but we didn't, we didn't, uh, I mean, if you look back to when I worked with Celsa Steel Service, that is yeah. what we did. We tried this and people said, well, it's impossible. You cannot do that. And why would you do it? You know, it's we, this, the way we are doing it now has worked for yeah, hundreds of years. Um, and we said that, well, you know, at least we have to try. And it went horribly wrong sometimes. Of course it did. But then you learn from that and you and you uh, evolve yeah, as you a get company, better. but also as a, you get better, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, a good, that's a good advice. Uh, how can somebody contact you if they want to ask you something? Oh, you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, if you would like to get in contact with me, you can, I mean, my, my contact information is on our homepages. So you may send me an email if you want to. It's just uh, brage at buildingsmart.no. Uh, uh, call me uh, whenever, maybe not like after eight o'clock in the evening, but I mean, <laughs> uh, I, I am available. So please um, get in contact with me um, and I will see what, um, what we can manage together. Um, so uh, yeah, email, LinkedIn, phone, uh whatever we don't have facts 
of tech stuff. <laughs> yeah, I'll make sure to, to put that in the show notes. Uh, yeah. I also have a, I have a Twitter uh, profile as well, which is Digital Braga, uh, kind of a combination of my name and Digital Brag, I guess. Um, <laughs> but I haven't been that active on that Twitter profile for several years, actually. So I'm trying yeah. to... I'm trying to be more, uh, so I'm not sure if you contact me on the Twitter profile, you will get yeah, much yeah, answers. Yeah, yeah, I understand. But uh, yeah, I did not use, it's not very popular uh, Twitter. I don't find Twitter very popular in our industry or not in Norway no. at least. I've, uh, no. I started using right now with the podcast and made a profile and try to contact people. And I see in US, Australia, UK, there is quite yeah, a lot of people yeah. using it, but in yeah. Norway it's not very popular. Like I think we, yeah. we rely mostly on LinkedIn. For professional i guess that was kind of my uh experience as well and you know i try to be very whenever i communicate i try to be i try to have a good um something interesting or something valuable uh something you can learn from and i found that twitter you know it's just short messages uh it's very quick and it kind of dies you know it's just yeah. there and then yeah, after yeah. a few minutes or an hour it's old so mm. I found that uh, using LinkedIn. Um, yeah, but then you, you can uh, you can use Twitter to share a link to your LinkedIn post. Then you can true. use that. Yeah, because yeah. I, I'm using Twitter for this to share a link to my podcast, for example. Yeah. So this yeah. is another way you can you can leverage yeah. Twitter yeah. actually, yeah. because there are people yeah. that use most uh, or more uh, Twitter, right? So you yeah. can. This is a way somebody might see something that they. They did not know about. Definitely, yeah, yeah. that could it's be a, a good channel. idea. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I think if you just Google uh, Google my name, you will easily find uh, you will easily find my uh, contact information. It's also in the phone book if you have one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It is really nice to have you here, Alexander. Thank you very much for taking the time. It's been uh, it's been fun and it's been uh, it's been good uh, attending here and, and speaking with you. Uh, I've learned a lot myself, so thank you for having me. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs>